eco-anxiety and its implications on climate action and mental health. A Cons 210 podcast, brought to you by Group 29. How do you feel when you hear the word climate change? What's your emotional response? What about in the context of Vancouver? With wetter winters, hotter summers, and a persistently rising sea level, Vancouver's climate is changing at a rapid pace. Within the next few decades, Metro Vancouver and its surrounding landscapes will look very different from what we know it as today. Whether or not these feelings are recognized, this uncomfortable reality is affecting our societal well-being. Eco-anxiety is more common today than it ever has been. Eco-anxiety can be defined as anxiety related to our relationship with the environment or a perpetual fear of environmental destruction. Historically, it's been seen as a general fear over loss in habitat, species, and the overall environment of a particular place. However, more recently, it has become attributed to worldwide grief about the worsening climate crisis. I'm here with Dr. Michael T. Schmidt, a professor of psychology at Simon Fraser University in Burnaby, British Columbia. Dr. Schmidt has experience and interest in researching collective identity, pro-environmental behavior, environmental activism, and well-being. To start us off, could you tell us how you experience eco-anxiety in your life? I have a lot of concerns about the way that humans are treating the rest of the planet right now. I'm a dad of a five-year-old. I have concerns about what the world is going to be like as he grows into an adult. There have definitely been times when I've been feeling quite down about the state of the environment and the lack of action needed to address climate change and other environmental problems. But I feel pretty lucky in that I have a job where I'm able to teach people about environmental issues. And I'm able to do research on environmental issues. And I'm connected with lots of communities that are involved in taking action on climate change and other issues. And all of those things give me something to do with my anxiety. And that's really the key, I think, to working through it. We're living in a pretty disjointed world right now. What role do you think connection plays when it comes to helping with eco-anxiety? And what advice would you give to people who are struggling? The advice that I give to people who are feeling anxious or depressed about the state in the environment is to first recognize that they're having those feelings for a reason, that those feelings are telling them that something is wrong, that there's some kind of threat to them and other people and other things that they care about. So we don't want to run away from those negative feelings because, in effect, that's running away from the things that we really care about in our lives. And in a sense, ignoring the values that are threatened by environmental harm. And the next thing for people to think about is what they can do with that anxiety. Emotions of all different sorts are kind of like motivations. They're telling us that something's going on in the environment that we need to try to address in some way. So how can you use that anxiety as a motivation? The worst kind of anxiety is when you feel anxious about something and you have absolutely nothing to do to address that anxiety. So look for ways in which you can make contributions to protecting the planet. They could be changes in your own individual consumption patterns. What's even better than making changes in your own individual life is to make changes with other people and finding groups that are active in terms of trying to promote the protection of the environment, promoting policies that would mitigate climate change. 
that's really the best way to deal with eco-anxiety. Other people are a key to our well-being. And there's so much research about that. So, you know, talking to other people about your anxieties about the environment could be very helpful, or even just making sure that you're maintaining the relationships that make you resilient. Spending time in nature itself is a way of coping. There's lots of evidence that spending time in natural environments, connecting with the natural world, can give us resilience for dealing with all kinds of problems, including eco-anxiety. Is there any way you think to prepare people emotionally or mentally for possible changes? I mean, we're all anxious about them. At a certain point, we know it's inevitable. Is there any way to mentally prepare them from that major shift in their lives? There are some very basic things that we can do to try to reduce the worst negative consequences. Things that we can do that are beneficial for everybody are, are the kinds of things that help us to build strong communities where people are connected and feel supported by one another, where everybody feels included. Those are some of the basics to well-being. And the healthier our communities are before a crisis hits, the better we're going to be able to handle that crisis. You gave a lot of good advice, especially stemming around the idea of forming resilient, inclusive communities and forming connections. Is there anything you wanted to add? I do want to add one more thing. And that's to people that might be really struggling. If it starts to become really debilitating, where you're not able to take care of yourself, you're not able to meet your commitments, if it's affecting your relationships with other people, if you're not sleeping, people may want to consider doing more than just trying to reach out to friends and maintain those social connections or find ways of engaging in environmental work, but maybe seek professional help. Eco-anxiety can exacerbate other kinds of conditions, and it can reach levels that people do need some help. So I encourage people, if they're really feeling very debilitated, to let others know and to reach out for some kind of professional help to work through that. And there should be no embarrassment or stigma about doing so. The environment is a big source of anxiety, and we all have different levels of sensitivity to that, and that's a good thing. We need people to be different in this world. And for some people, it may get to a point where they really want to seek some kind of professional help, and I would encourage them to do so. A critical step in alleviating eco-anxiety is the recognition of how natural the sphere is. Often we hear statements like, I don't want to think about it, in response to the climate crisis. This mentality is very detrimental for ourselves and the planet as it ignores our instinctual feelings and paralyzes our climate action. Supporting your mental health and helping to reduce your footprint can be collectively targeted by reaching out to other young people who are in the same situation, especially in Vancouver. Examining your lifestyle and consumption habits and making accessible changes step-by-step can lessen feelings of powerlessness in the overwhelming news of the climate crisis. Eco-anxiety is an incredibly timely and normal condition for young people, especially in high-exposure cities like Vancouver. However, it is a fear that can be actively combated through public support and outreach, engagement with our natural environment, and most importantly, self-acceptance. Lastly, we wanted to again thank Dr. Michael T. Schmidt for sharing his wisdom and knowledge with us, along with Dr. Fernanda Tomaselli and the teaching team for CONSTU10 for giving us the much-needed opportunity to explore such critical topics pertaining to climate change. 